recent Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is episode 118. This is Matt Walters, and today I'm with Eli and David. Um, coming off an exciting weekend of college football. Guy, how, how are you guys big. doing? Go Hogs. Go, go Hogs and then go Pokes. Go Pokes, yeah. Say it really quiet. Eli, Eli came in with like hypothermia this morning because he stood out in the game. Uh, yeah. Freezing yeah, it was rain. 65 and degrees and raining on me all second half. Yeah. Fall well, it was a good weekend of college good football. To, good so. to have some fall weather Ab- finally. Absolutely. Yeah, I wore a vest to work today. Yeah. So, um, so today we're going to talk about inflation. Is inflation on its way down? More and more Americans believe so. A recent survey from the New York Federal Reserve shows respondents believe the annual inflation rate will be 5.7% a year from now. That's down from the July survey, which showed respondents expecting annual inflation to be 6.2%. So Americans are, are, appear to be expecting lower inflation in the coming months. And that was exactly what the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said in a uh, key statement preventing another great inflation like they saw in the 70s and 80s. So this is a little bit longer soundbite than normal, but take a listen to Jerome Powell. What Paul Volcker did and the Fed did to finally get inflation under control followed several failed attempts to get inflation under control. And, And what had happened over the course of that long period of the great inflation is that the public had really come to think of higher inflation as the norm and to expect it to continue and that's what what made it so hard to get inflation down in that case. So it, it is very much uh, our view and my view that we need to act now forthrightly, strongly, as we have been doing. And we need to keep at it until the job is done to avoid that. We think we can avoid the, the kind of very high social costs that, that Paul Volcker and the Fed uh, had to bring into, into play in order to get inflation back down and set us up then for, for a long period of, of price stability. So it sounds like, you know. Chairman Powell, Chair Powell, whatever you call him, <laughs> is you know basically trying to say like the way I interpret this is, you know, hey, we've seen this in the past where it didn't may- maybe get handled in the most appropriate way, and we're trying to not make the same mistake twice. So we want to make sure we get a handle on inflation and that we don't take this lightly. David, what are your thoughts? Or yeah, I mean, obviously he's trying to avoid the hard crash or trying to. Um you know, pilot the economy, so to speak, to a soft landing. You hear them, you hear people talk about that all the time, about the, how the Fed is trying to achieve a soft landing. They don't want to go too far, too fast on interest rates and create a recession, right? right? They just want to cool the economy down enough to uh, bring inflation down without creating a, a recession, otherwise known as the, the soft landing. Now, they've not really had a good track record for doing that in the past. We'll see if they can pull it off this time. Um so far, it, 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 you know, not too bad so far if you really look at the data. I mean, if you look at the, the treasuries, and maybe, Eli, you can, you can talk, go through some of those numbers here in a minute. But the, uh, 
the yield curve is slightly inverted, um, but just barely, right? And again, we've talked in previous podcasts about how the yield curve being inverted is a good indicator of, of recession. You look around at the real economy. We, we had uh, friends in town from South Carolina. If you're listening, John and Sharon enjoyed having you guys up for the weekend. Uh, but my, my roommate from college was in town from South Carolina. We took them out to the Razorback game and went out to eat at various restaurants. I mean, people are spending money like crazy. Every restaurant, even on a weeknight, was full, yeah. right? Yep. And we had to wait. So you look at, you know, anecdotally real things like that, and you think, well, you know, maybe – Maybe we are going to have that that soft landing. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And yeah. it's it's interesting to if you go back to the history of Paul Volcker, because who Jerome Powell is referencing here is the old chairman of the board or the Federal Reserve, Paul Volcker. If you go back, he came in after inflation had already been rampant for several years. And when he came in, he took a stance saying the most important thing that we're going to do is tame inflation. But that was after several years of strong inflation, and that's one of the reasons that the recession occurred and it was so drastic. Whereas now, Jerome Powell has, has taken the lessons from the past and hopefully, if, if can be applied correctly, has gotten ahead of, it's slightly behind, but it has gotten ahead more so than back in the 70s and 80s where he's not going to have to raise the Federal Reserve rate to, what was it, 19% yeah. back in the 80s? Yeah. We're sitting at 2%, somewhere around there right now. So hopefully we do achieve what what david was talking about that soft landing knowing that hey we've we've learned it, Jerome Powell has learned from Paul Volcker in the past on on monetary policies and going forward hopefully we can actually apply this correctly yeah. lord and willing yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> and you know to achieve that soft landing one of the things we were talking about before the podcast earlier today matt is about all these bubbles that are out there that yeah. needed to kind of to kind of burst which helps which is hopefully going to help um, you know, achieve that soft landing. So yeah, I mean, I think part of the thing that you saw this with some of the the kind of more rigid statements that you've heard Jerome Powell say, it almost feels like he's trying to tame the market a bit. Yeah. Like he doesn't want it things to get back too good too soon. Yeah, and so um, everyone there's this anxiety or anticipation of like, is the market going to crash? And I was listening to the pot, this other podcast last week and it, um, they were talking about how, <clears throat> you know, everyone always talks about a bubble, right? You mm -hmm. always hear the market bubble and you just think like it's the broad market, like the entire market as a whole, like just this massive giant bubble and everything's going to come crashing down. Um, and while we've seen that, like in the great financial crisis, the depression, like that can absolutely happen. There in this podcast, they were basically making the argument that there have been bubbles all over the place, and those bubbles have already burst. So if you look at like the crypto markets, if you look at the meme stock market, if you look at um, what was some of the other ones? Oh, uh, uh, non fungible currency. What's what's yeah, it? NFTs. NFTs. If you look at just the COVID set, the COVID trade, like the stay at home stocks that mm -hmm. you know zoom and some of these companies that were, we were up, talking about chewies earlier chewies, right? you know, know the some dog of these companies company. that just were up like two three hundred percent coming yeah. out of covid yeah. like crazy i mean there's they're down 80 90 percent off their highs right so there are three or four bubbles that incorporate a pretty good nice little piece of the market that have already burst yeah. it's just not been like the broader indexes as, as a whole have still held up relatively well considering what's been going on and so 
I think there's reason to believe, like, be, to be optimistic from a market perspective that some of the issues that were there have kind of been flushed out. Yeah. Inflation is still there. The labor market's still strong. If inflation can come down and the labor market, labor market re- remain relatively strong, then I would say if those two things happen, I would expect a soft landing. Yeah. I think that's yeah. where we're at now. Now, there's still some unknown there if, yeah. if those two things can happen. But. Yeah, one of the things I always tell have told clients recently is, you know, barring some other shoe dropping, I kind of am like you, Matt. I think we are probably going to have that soft landing, it, it seems like. But there's a lot of other shoes that could drop. <laughs> yeah, there could be sure. escalation over in the Ukraine in the war with Russia. There could be, you know, who knows, China could try to do something with was with respect to Taiwan, there could be some other strain of pandemic that develops this fall, or there could be something else that's not on anybody's radar that you can't currently envision that could be that could cause a a global panic or a mark a financial panic that could throw things off kilter, right? right. Well, but there's that's, the, there's always the you know there's the the black swan risk if you've yeah. heard of that term where it's just the unknown, unforeseen nothing currently on your radar you know it's out there there's something potentially that could happen you just don't know what like it comes out of nowhere and that's kind of that black swan risk but that's always that's always going to be there raging bull market whenever that's right great like there's always that black swan risk right now we're just in an environment where the risks the list of risks that are known is, I would say, probably longer mm-hmm. than it normally is. Yeah, and yeah. I think so naturally there's just this. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, Eli, that we're, you know, recommending, for our clients at least, um, a larger allocation to blue chip dividend type stock companies that have good um, fundamentals, good balance sheets, strong cash positions to be able to get through these type of times. Yeah, because you go back to what Matt was talking about, the meme stocks or the, the COVID stocks. Those, if you just look at their their price, their stock price relative to their earnings, we're just completely out of a line. Yeah. It, it, you take that and you just run it through some of Warren Buffett's models that Warren Buffett teaches where you analyze cash flow and balance yep. sheets before you choose a st- it would have made zero sense to purchase any of those stocks six months ago. Yeah. Now, they may be getting close to where it actually makes sense. So we're just getting back to fundamental investing, where, yeah. where now the markets are starting to get close to where the companies are priced relative to their balance sheets, their cash flows, that what they have in assets versus liabilities. I mean, that's a good thing. That's that a is a good thing. thing. It's healthy. An- another thing, too, is... It's good that the Federal Reserve can actually have some maneuverability with the interest rate. Now we're getting the interest rate up to 2%, 2% and some change. Well, now they actually can drop the rates again. Yeah, they if have they, some margin they, for error. Yes, if, they if, have some margin for error. Whereas if the rates are at 0%, they can't they can't yeah. drop the rates. If you have some unexpected financial crisis and rates are at zero, they've yeah. got no margin for error to, yeah. to uh, drop rates to help the economy exactly. out. Exactly. I, yeah, I think that's a great point, Eli. I've said... My personal opinion, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I think they should have started slowly raising rates during the Trump years yes. when the economy was really roaring and doing well. And have they the should foresight. have taken advantage of that. And yeah, and have that? the foresight of knowing we're pumping a bunch of cash. Yeah, <laughs> into yeah. this economy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. So one one of the things, kind of, as we look towards you know the the latter part of this year, going into the holiday earnings season. You know, inflation is expected, based on just some surveys, inflation is expected to trim budgets for the holiday season, right? Inflation's up. Everybody knows that. Groceries are more expensive. And so there's a lot of people out there that um, are having to make 
tougher decisions today than they weren't weren't having to make maybe a year ago of do I buy that toy or do I you know spend that money on bread, milk, and eggs, right? And so yeah. those types of decisions are having to be made. According to a recent report from MasterCard, holiday spending growth is projected to slow to 7.1%, which is down from 8.5% a year ago. Store, stores have a huge surplus. We've heard that all over the place. I was talking to a Best, Best Buy guy the other day, and he was talking about how they're going to have massive sales on TVs. because, yeah. um, And he even <laughs> gave one brand specifically because he said, we ordered all these TVs from ins- <laughs> maybe Insignia or something. And he's like, we've got warehouses full of <laughs> yeah. these t- TVs. So you're going to have huge surplus of inventory. Um, retailers expecting to offer steep discounts. So it'll be interesting to see, like, is that enough to get people to spend when they're kind of stuck in a moment where they're, they are thinking about, hey, things are a bit tighter than they were 12 months ago. Um, you know, we're, we're Americans, we're consumers, we love a good deal. I wonder if, yeah. uh, I wonder if the lines <laughs> at Best Buy are still long just because the deals are irresistible. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how that plays out this fall with uh, holiday sales, Christmas sales. Uh, and, you know, just that alone could also help to tame inflation a bit too, right? I mean, you've got to, we've been saying that, I think, for the last few podcasts i think i've I've at least alluded to it that the the glut of inventory at least on certain items that some of these big retailers have is going to naturally cause prices to come down now of course the of course unfortunately that's not true across the economy across all products for example um but still that's that's a deflationary force so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this winter and it's definitely going to be a help to uh Someone who's just right out of college, like Erica here, right, Erica? Yeah. <laughs> Our marketing director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to be able to take advantage of some of those TV oh, yeah. sales this fall, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's smiling ear to ear. <laughs> and and on top of that, we're already seeing gas prices go down. I I, f- I filled up the car this this last weekend yeah. for two dollars and ninety four cents. Yeah, a, a gallon. I mean that doubling with the supply chain hopefully being corrected at least somewhat and and gas prices going down meaning trucking shipping yeah. those costs going down i mean that we really could see inflation start to tame like yeah. like what people and that's i think absolutely. i think like if my guess were if i had to make a prediction yeah, make a like prediction the Matt. most important <laughs> like the more important metric this year i think sales and earnings will be strong yeah later this year the question is does consumer debt increase because mm-hmm. are people making those purchases on credit cards yeah um or are they or are they paying cash for them and so do you yeah. see an uptick I, I think we're gonna people are gonna buy stuff and if there's a deal they're gonna spend the money yeah it's just is that going on a credit card or is that coming from the bank account and that or, you know that could that could not necessarily have immediate like fourth quarter impacts but it could have next summer impacts if people are coming you know a quarter or two after that and like yeah. Shoot, I gotta now we gotta pay for last Christmas because yeah. these credit card bills are starting to stack up on. Yeah. So what's your prediction there? My prediction, <laughs> no, not my prediction. My my guess was that the more important statistic is going to be is credit card debt going up. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. are sales strong or earnings yeah. strong. Like I think that's going to be the case. Yeah. Um, I think you predicted that sales and earnings were going to be strong this this quarter, <laughs> right? But yeah. but yeah, to your point, it's unknown whether. How much of that's going to go on the credit card, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it could be layaway too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we want Dave, to talk about do that? A, do you have a <laughs> recent example that you'd love to share with us? 
<laughs> I recently purchased a bicycle on layaway. So that's my Christmas present that my wife is buying for me this we've Christmas. Yet, we've yet to stop giving him a hard time about it. Um, I think Eli was like, what's layaway? <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard of layaway in a long time. No, um, no that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, Matt, one of the things that's interesting, just going back a month to now, is that our our expect our expectations as to, to where we're moving and where we're going will actually set the course of where we're going. So you'll see Jerome Powell set expectations for, for moving forward. Just a month ago, the inflation expectation was much higher than it is now. It changes so drastically just by what's coming out in the market, in the news, and and. All, us as individuals, as consumers, as as people driving the economy, it's really important that we keep an even keel on, right. on what we're doing and our spending and our expectations, knowing the world's not going to end. That's <laughs> right. That's right. It is. It is fascinating to me because this all plays into, you know, we talk a lot about our faith on here and stuff like that, and it is interesting the faith component that finances have to it, right? I mean, you you do tend to get kind of what you expect. If you expect there's going to be high inflation, how's that going to impact your behavior? Well, if you think there's going to be high inflation, that means you think things that things are going to cost more tomorrow than they do today. So if you're going to buy something because you need it, you're going to be more apt to buy it now versus waiting because it's going to go up in price due to expected inflation. So you, so consumer, if more and more people think that way, more and more people buy now driving the price up, mm-hmm. creating the inflation, that they already expected. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is fascinating to me to think about, you might call that behavioral finance, right? How the behavior and beliefs and psychology of people in herds, if you will, do indeed impact markets. Well, it's like a, why was there a toilet paper crisis during COVID when it didn't have anything to do with your bowel, right? I mean, perfect. Yes. Like people started down that path Yeah, and then it just like, it was just like this cycle that yeah, wouldn't stop. This and herdman. all of a sudden we're in like a toilet paper crisis. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> it, 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 it had nothing it, to do with anything. That stuff is fascinating to me yeah. how that happened, you know, <laughs> like a mass psychosis, you know. I was uh, really glad I got the word bowel in there. Incredible. Incredible vocabulary that you have. Oh, my goodness. Incredible vocabulary that you have, Matt. I'm impressed. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I, I think a really good conversation. I, if I were guessing, probably not the last time we talk about inflation. But oh, I thought it, you were going to say it, bowels. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it hopefully will be the last time we talk about bowels. Yeah, I was trying to transition away from that. Um Probably not the last time we talk about inflation between now and the end of the year, but a really good conversation. Probably the last time I used the toilet paper example. Yeah, that's um, right. But anyways, we you, a couple of you guys, David, y'all went to the Razorback game yeah. this weekend. That was How a was good. That? that was a smooth segue, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we did. We we took uh, my roommate from the Air Force Academy. I referenced him earlier, John and Sharon. Uh, we went to the Arkansas-South Carolina game, Hogs won, and uh, now the Razorbacks, as of today, are ranked number 10. So yeah. mm-hmm. back in the top 10 for the Hogs, and uh, we've got Missouri State this weekend, Parents Weekend. Our son's a freshman. Our son, Connor, is a freshman at uh, the University of Arkansas, so we're looking forward to rooting the Hogs on to another victory. And it was Erica's first ever Woo! Razorback game this weekend. Yeah. Well, what would you think, Erica? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. 
that. We give her. Yeah. F- we give her full credit for the victory. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And Eli, you went and saw Oklahoma State. Yeah, we did. We we drove over to the Oklahoma State game, and Mary Grace and I, Mary Grace, my wife, we we did not prepare whatsoever for the weather that was going to ensue. <laughs> it was it was 80 degrees when we stepped out of the car, and by the end of the second half, it was 65 and rainy. And it, we won the game, thankfully. We we didn't play very well, but we won. And it was. I was ready to leave by the time I got in the car. <laughs> yeah. We're shaking. And Cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's something, when we were tailgating a weekend or two ago, I was talking to Lee. It's like there's something just all-American about college football, being outside, mm-hmm. people getting back together, cheering yes. on a team. Like, And yep. it just feels good. And over the last – you know, what we've gone through – I know we had college football last year, but over the last couple of years it's just been a grind. And you look at some of these things, and like this year fools, feels fully back to normal. Like mm-hmm. there's no – there's nothing about what's been going on the last couple of years that's kind of left, um, which is a huge blessing. I'm thankful for it, um, and hopefully Arkansas keeps winning. Before we end this, I know last podcast, Matt Lee and I made a prediction on games won and games lost from the Razorbacks and then the final ranking for the Razorbacks. So, David, you get the Oh, and I didn't get um, – yeah. I would say – what do we play, 12 games? Yeah. I would say nine and three, and, and three. ranking will be number, will be number, um, number nine. Okay. Okay. Number nine. I'll take it. Wow. <laughs> I would take that. Um, yeah, we've got a really hard schedule. So nine. Yeah, and we three, have a we really hard. We you could easily end up top ten with For that sure. if you got well, went nine and three. We thought we'd end on a high note with a Willie Nelson quote. So. Let's uh let's see what Willie's got to say. Once you replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start having positive results. And I guess Willie would say if you smoke enough weed, you'll have more <laughs> positive yeah. than negative yeah, that, thoughts. That quote could mean one of many things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to get where do you want to go with that? Matt? I have no idea. No idea. So on that note, as always, we appreciate everybody listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit mach1financial.com disclosures.